What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 207, where I'll talk about Michigan State hiring Joe Rossi as their next defensive coordinator. I'll also talk about Michigan State losing to Nebraska at Nebraska, Michigan beating Iowa at Iowa, and then to end things, I'll talk about how the Pistons have lost 20 straight games in a row, and they're probably going to lose tonight. The Red Wings getting their first win with Patrick Kane, and then Lions losing to the Bears, and them playing the Denver Broncos this weekend, and how they could possibly clinch a playoff berth. So let's get started with the news that Michigan State last week hired Joe Rossi as the next defensive coordinator at Michigan State. Joe Rossi is coming from Minnesota. He's been at Minnesota for the last few years under P.J. Fleck. There was an article written about Joe Rossi saying that this is a huge loss for Minnesota because Joe Rossi has done a pretty good job as the defensive coordinator at Minnesota. I believe their scoring defense has been top 30 in the country. Um, This past year, they weren't great, but they're still better than they were the last couple of years, at least for Michigan State, much better than Michigan State has been. Uh, this is about as good of a hire as Michigan, Michigan State could have expected. You do have Phil Parker, the former Michigan State Spartan. He's still at Iowa. That would take a lot of money to take him away. It doesn't seem like he's going to really do that. So this is about as good of a hire as you can do if you're Coach Jonathan Smith at Michigan State. He's a young Defensive corner, I believe he's in his 40s, which is really good. Um, He's bringing a defense that has been very physical, a defense that is known in the Big Ten as well. He plays about kind of a 3-4 defense with one linebacker being up on the line, standing up, though not with his hand in the ground. So you could maybe say possible 4-3, but it's more like a... 3-4. This is going to be a defense that linebacker is very important. Linebacker is a little bit thin right now at Michigan State. I'm sure the coaching staff will address that going forward, but this is a really good hire in my opinion. I think he's going to be a good defensive coordinator here at Michigan State. I think he's going to be turning around this defense. While they had some decent performances this year, they just kept getting blown out against the top teams and hopefully that doesn't really happen very much for Joe Rossi's defense but like I said I like this hire he's an aggressive defensive coordinator he likes to blitz on third down which is something that Michigan State really didn't do too much the last couple of years under Scotty Hazleton a lot of that may have had to do with kind of the secondary Secondary is young and did improve throughout last year, so that's a good thing for Joe Rossi and his game plan and for Jonathan Smith. But going to have to continue to watch that, but I do really like this hire for Michigan State. Um, It was also announced that Courtney Hawkins will be back at Michigan State as well as the wide receiver coach. I think a lot of fans really expected that to happen, but it was kind of never really announced until this past weekend. I do like this hire. This is 8 out of 10 coaches for Jonathan Smith. Jonathan might have Joe Rossi being the linebackers coach, which then would be 
nine. Uh, but overall, I think this is a pretty solid staff, and you're expecting one, maybe two more hires from Jonathan Smith. But it seems like he has his coaching staff, and it's a coaching staff of quite a few players from Oregon, coaches from Oregon State, but also people that have ties to the Midwest, like Courtney Hawkins and now Joe Rossi. So good job by Jonathan Smith so far. I think he's done a pretty good job at hiring guys and getting his top guys. So ex- extremely excited to see what happens there for Joe Rossi and that defense at Michigan State. Now let's quickly go over to basketball, where Michigan State continues to struggle. They're now 4-5 and five on the year. Not what people were expecting, to say the least. They end up losing by 7 to Nebraska at Nebraska. I didn't think Michigan State played horrible in this game. I don't think they played good. Uh, the center position is still very, very bad. You don't, you get zero production on offense from the center position. Defense isn't great either. One play that kind of really early on that kind of, I think, set kind of the tone was Hoiberg on Nebraska basically took the ball away or tied it up, and Maya Sissoko had the ball in his hands as well. Like, you cannot be having that if you're Maya Sissoko and Coach Izzo. Like, you cannot have a 6-1 Hoiberg basically tie you up on a rebound. Like, that is not acceptable level of just effort. You can't have that. Um, Tyson Walker, sorry, really slow, got hot in the second half. I thought A.J. Hogard was pretty solid for the most part. He did have some lapses here and there, but that's kind of A.J. Hogard himself. Uh, Malik Hall was pretty good. I do think Malik Hall is getting a little bit more confident. Jay and Akins hit some shots as well, which was nice. Michigan State shot the ball from three pretty well, but Nebraska just shot the ball a little bit better. There were some threes, in my opinion, that were pretty lucky. Um, I believe Hoiberg had a late three that he basically just chucked up and went in. Kind of knew it was going to be Nebraska's night when that's happening. But Michigan State's starting 0-2 in the Big Ten, and that is not a good sign. They play Baylor this weekend. It's honestly, at this point, it's a must-win. You can't really go down 4-6 in your record. If you do get this win, I don't think it fixes all your issues. I do think it fixes a decent amount of issues for and I think that's a lot to do with kind of confidence I'm not saying Michigan State is going to win the game against Baylor but if you do beat Baylor at Little Caesars one is going to be your first quad one victory which is really important you're not going to have too many other opportunities unless there's a couple other Big Ten teams that get a little bit better but also they're undefeated and a top 10 team in the country so you're going to really need to figure out a way to win that game and I think it's going to be have to be like a Tyson Walker level performance where he just absolutely goes off and maybe he gets help from Jay and Aikens and AJ Horgard and maybe for some reason if one of our centers decided to score 10 plus points that would be really nice as well but that's probably not going to happen now let's go over to Michigan Michigan ends up going into Iowa and beat Iowa pretty handily I know the score didn't really show it at the end. I think it was only like an eight-point game at the end of the game, but I thought Michigan played extremely well in this game. One thing that's really funny when watching Iowa is just watching Fran McCaffrey 
react. He did get ejected in this game. His reaction was hilarious. It was really fun to watch. There was a little bit of kind of controversy or news around Michigan. Uh, it seems like there's some rumors going around that there was an altercation, more like a verbal altercation between Jawan Howard and a um, their lifting coach. Don't really know too much detail about that. Some people say it went physical. Other people said it was verbal. Um, you had, of course, Jalen Rose defending Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is still coming back from surgery, so he didn't really coach. But this was a good performance by Michigan. They're now 1-1 one one in the Big Ten, 5-5 five five on the year. Must-needed win against an Iowa team that, again, offensively, they just score a ton of points. Don't exactly know what they do defensively, but this is just a good win for Michigan at Iowa and a must-needed win at that point. So both Michigan State and Michigan are really struggling this year in basketball. I think these next couple of games for both teams are going to be absolutely huge going forward for Michigan and Michigan State. Now let's quickly go over to kind of like the Detroit teams a little bit. Pistons are currently on a 20-game losing streak. I believe they have to lose seven, eight, maybe nine more games to break the NBA record. They are currently down by 13 against the 76ers at home. So probably not going to be a win tonight. And their schedule really doesn't get that much easier. This Pistons team is just absolutely horrible. Of course, their owner still is a no-show. He's probably in L.A. at this point, just hanging out in-house. But the Pistons are just bad. Like, it just... They can't shoot. They have specific performances every night by players that you're like, wow, there's maybe a little sign here, a little sign there. Like, Sir Thompson's been pretty solid this year. I'm surprised Jay and Ivy still isn't in the starting lineup. Cade Cunningham has had moments that he's been... Very good as well. I didn't necessarily agree with the signing of Isaiah Stewart, the decent size signing before the season started. I don't think that was great. I don't think he's ever going to live up to that salary. But that's just my opinion. Pistons are kind of stuck in a really bad situation. Monty Williams just... I, I don't know how much you can really blame Monty Williams. I think it's more about the construction of this team. I think Troy Weaver just hasn't done a good job of constructing this team. I do think he's done a decent job at drafting. I just don't think he's found players that can really play with each other. I think there's certain pieces on this team that are going to be very solid to good NBA players but when you have three NBA players that really can't shoot incredibly well as of right now like Katie Cunningham's a decent shooter uh you also have Jane Ivey not a great shooter and then Asher Thompson is not really a great shooter as well like he literally just airballed a three right there that's kind of hard to win in the NBA nowadays Again, all three all three athletes, great athletes. They're all three really great players, but you really have to surround those guys with shooters. And honestly, the only really kind of shooter right now that I've seen is Bogdanovich and Isaiah Levers. And if those are your two shooters, that is not enough 
for the Pistons to win. And that's why they haven't won. They haven't won. They're not going to continue to win. They might win a game here and there just because I, I think there's going to be some teams that's going to come in or going to play them that's going to be like, yeah, there's no chance we lose to this Pistons team. Definitely does not seem like that's going to be tonight. But I don't think this Pistons team is going to win very many games unless they suddenly get hot from shooting, which is something that, again, they're probably not going to do. This team is just bad. It's horrible to watch. It really sucks because I think a lot of people were decently excited for these Pistons because there was a lot of like questions about them, but there's also a lot of potential. Like You have, like I said, pieces to be good, but it just doesn't seem like they're good right now. And will they be good in the future? I don't know. Will Monty Williams be here in the future? Yes. Will Troy Weaver? Probably not, um, unless the owner actually doesn't do his job, which he's not really, in my opinion, doing that right now. But that's just my opinion. Now let's quickly go over to the Red Wings. Red Wings got their first win last night in the Patrick Kane era. Uh, they were 0-2 going into that game. End up going down, I believe, one or two goals in the second period, maybe early third period on a shorthanded goal that really seemed like took away all of the Red Wings' momentum, especially because they don't have Dylan Larkin right now. And if you haven't seen the video or know exactly what went on, Dylan Larkin got seriously injured against the Iowa Senators. He was actually, like, completely knocked out on the ice. He was just laying there. He had to be helped off the ice. Like, he could skate, but he literally needed to be helped off the ice. Absolutely horrible situation. You also have David Perron that responded to that and he had, got, I believe, a six game suspension. They did say he might try to get that down a little bit, might only end up being like four, but absolutely horrible situation. Hopefully he's alright. Larkin has had injuries to his neck in the past. So that's kind of a major concern. But hopefully Larkin's alright. We'll see if he comes back. Kind of the timeline's on unknown right now he is on IR so it probably won't be for a while but this was a big game for the Red Wings they had lost three straight prior to this game and end up winning I believe 64 last night got quite a bit of goals going and that hasn't been an issue for the Red Wings this year and it's coming as a surprise because the last few years it really has been an issue scoring goals but definitely not this year their issue this year has been Goalkeeping and defense. And goalkeeping, again, wasn't great last night. Huso wasn't very good, in my opinion. He let one, two goals in that he shouldn't have. Um, defense, like Jeff Petrie just hasn't... He wasn't great in this game. Olimata has been decent. Defense just hasn't been where it needs to be. But most are scored last night, which is great. And Lucas Raymond seems like he's kind of going on a little bit of a breakout this year which is awesome to see i believe he's around projected like 70 points this year which would be awesome to see so if he can stay healthy and continue to not get those cold streaks and then maybe you add larkin you're competing for a playoff spot later in this year i think that would be huge for the red wings and it's going to be really fun watching Patrick Kane, and it already has been really fun watching Patrick Kane. Him and DeBrinket's chemistry is absolutely incredible. It seems like they know where each other are, like, every time they're on the ice, every step. 
seems like they just find each other in the open spots, and it's just so much fun. And when you, you add a lark into lineup and then you also have Joe Valeno. Joe Valeno has been really great this year as well. It kind of seems like he's having a breakout year, taking a little bit of step forward as well, which is a great sign to see. There's a possibility that this Red Wings offense hopefully continues to stay hot throughout this year, and you're never going to really have kind of, at least on this team, like a player that's going to get you like a Connor McDavid or, well, I would say Connor Bedard, but this is his first year, but Connor Bedard is so much fun to watch as well for the Chicago Blackhawks, but I don't think you're ever going to really get someone to the level of like Connor, of a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews, but you have enough guys that can score quite a few goals that it's going to be a really fun offense and they have been a fun offense to watch this year. So hopefully they can keep that up and hopefully goaltending can maybe get a little bit better. I do think Alex Lyon should be the goal, goalie starter going forward because, again, Billy Husso has not been good. James Reimer isn't really doing much or playing very much. But if Billy Husso can kind of get going, kind of get back to where he was last year, I do think that will really help as well but seems like right now I believe the Red Wings are in fourth in the Atlantic which the Atlantic is really difficult but they're also a couple of games behind a couple of other teams as well so don't have to tune in to that as well and last thing I really want to talk about is the Detroit Lions line the Lions end up losing to the Bears at the Bears this past weekend with that being said, they're still in control of their own destiny. I believe it's still like about a 99% chance that they make the playoffs. They can actually clinch the playoffs this week if they get a win against Denver. They also have to get a loss with the either, I believe it's the Seahawks. They have to either get a loss from the Seahawks or the Rams and then... If either Minnesota or the Packers lose, then they get to the playoffs, which would be awesome. Yeah, it is. It's Detroit would win, Seattle would lose, and then either Green Bay, Minnesota, or the Rams lose. That's probably the easiest way that the Lions get into the playoffs. Now, they're still up two games, I believe. In the north, they do have to worry a little bit about Minnesota. But Minnesota did make a change at QB. It's no longer Josh Dabbs. It's Nick Mullins, I believe. So going to have to tune into that as well. They play the Vikings the last two out of three weeks. So those are going to be huge games. But the Lions can win against the Broncos this weekend. I do think they probably end up getting in the playoffs this weekend. Just my prediction, but hopefully they do. But we'll see what happens there as well. But big game against the Broncos on Saturday night. The Broncos are going to come in, especially with Sean Payton, trying to embarrass this team. This defense just hasn't been great. Jared Goff hasn't been great either. He's been turning the ball over. He needs to get back to where he was earlier this year. Offensive line has to get healthy as well. I believe everyone practiced today for the Lions, and it seems like Gardner Johnson is actually back. I don't think he's practiced, but it seems like he might be clear. At least 
That's what it seemed like a post by him earlier today as well, which is a great signing as well. So hopefully you get like James Houston back, Gardner Johnson back, Aline McNeil back by week 18. Hopefully you're going to do the playoffs pretty healthy because this line team is going to need it and you're going to need a pass rush. You're going to need better secondary as well. And you're going to have to win two of these next three three or so games. If you do that, I think you absolutely clinch the North and you host a playoff game. And even if you don't clinch the North, I still think you'll probably host the playoff game in the wild card. So I would hope that they would at least at this point. But if you win this weekend, you have the Seahawks lose and then you either have the Rams, the Packers or the Vikings lose, you're in. And that would just be great for Detroit. It'd be great for this podcast because I haven't really had a team to cheer for in the state of Michigan. At least the Detroit teams that have gone to the playoffs, that would be a first time for this podcast. So really need that to happen. But yeah, that is a wrap to episode number 207. Tune in to the next episode.